Our founder, David Rose, once described cast as academia, but nice. (laughs) And so we use a lot of design-based research processes combined with agile development processes. And that's sort of where I came in. My first major project was on a reading environment for struggling readers called Udio. And I thought, hmm, how did we arrive at the vision for this approach to busting reading barriers? And how did we arrive at this agile backlog? And right away, I saw opportunities to bring UX methods to inform both. That was the start of where EduX was born, I would say. Welcome to the UX of EdTech podcast, an exploration of user experience in the EdTech space. I'm your host, Alicia Kwan, and I look forward to learning with you today. Hi, my name is Kim Ducharme. I am the Director of Educational User Experience Design at CAST. CAST is an educational research and development organization. I head up design strategy and user experience for the development of interactive learning environments and tools that expand learning and opportunities for all individuals. As an educational user experience designer, I work at the intersection of user experience design, instructional design, and the learning sciences. I leverage design thinking to catalyze innovation at CAST leading our creative processes from brainstorming through prototyping to product launch. I'm committed to harnessing the power of design to tackle the educational challenges of our time. I'm so happy to talk with you, Kim, about your experiences here and just your your title even. Director of Educational User Experience Design is something that definitely caught my eye. So let's, let's jump into CAS. Let's start with cast. Um, Educators are probably most familiar with its role in universal design for learning. I know that UDL is is a term that was used a lot when I was teaching and even studying education more formally at the university. Um, Could you briefly describe CAST's role in education over the years and just the type of work that's being done today, just so everyone's on the same page with what CAST is doing? Sure, absolutely. So we're an educational research and development nonprofit in the Boston area. We started out in 1984. And as you said, we're the pioneers of universal design for learning. So our mission is to transform education design and practice by proactively addressing the barriers to learning that millions of people experience every day. We actually started out designing learning technology that helps students with disabilities access instruction. And this evolved into a broader UDL framework that we have today. So basically, we believe that these barriers are in the design of the instruction, the curriculum, and learning environments, not the learner. So we do research and development, professional learning and coaching, We're branching out into workforce development. That's really exciting. And we work with policymakers at the national level, getting UDL into law. As learners, we're 
as unique as our fingerprints. That is kind of our philosophy and it's based in the neurosciences. We're, what's more, the learning experience is highly contextual. You can't uh, necessarily label the learner or put them into a box. What is the case one day or for one subject may change depending on the specifics of the content, the environment, what they had to eat for breakfast, or even who's sitting next to them in class. So when your amygdala is firing and that's your brain's flight or fight center, you can't learn, basically. The trick is to proactively design flexible plans and environments and teach learners to fish, to take charge of becoming their own expert learners. And what that means is that they are purposeful and motivated, resourceful, strategic, and goal-directed. So basically, the UDL framework is one of our core levers of change to help make learning inclusive. And the UDL guidelines are a tool for implementing UDL. Okay, awesome. And your role is education or educational user experience designer and and really the director of that. I'd I'd love to hear you kind of unpack that a little bit. What do you do as as that kind of designer and and now director director of that? Could you unpack that for us? Sure. So the short answer is that we're a small organization of about 50 people. So I wear a lot of hats as many of us do. I'm most involved in the creative research and development aspects of our work. So directing EDUX at a strategic leadership level for the organization, as well as providing my expertise on projects. In a small organization, you tend to do whatever is needed, and that's part of the draw for me. Our designers are involved in UX research, interaction design, instructional design, UI design, information architecture, and information design and data visualization, whatever is called for, basically. Okay. Okay, so I'm wondering, how did you arrive at this intersection of education and UX? And I'd love to kind of hear more of your story or your background and what kind of drew you into this intersection and even drew you into to CAST. Sure. It's been a journey for sure. Um, I had been studying biology and the idea of doing design kept rearing its head. And I was in San Francisco at the time and and I stumbled upon the exhibit design room at, at the Exploratorium and the light bulb went off. I could do design for the experience of learning science. So that was a really wonderful intersection. Was that back in your undergrad days? Yes. Like in college? Okay. So you're a biology student and and then you're also, you said you're at a science museum and and light bulb goes off. What also made you think of design? Just seeing the exhibits, thinking someone puts this together and how do I do that? I've been kind of an artist and a natural designer kind of all along, but I was thinking that design was something you sort of went uh, to the advertising world to do commercial art. And that wasn't my area of interest, you know, sort of science at the time was. Um, Whenever the topic of my design or art skills came up, people would say, oh, you should be an illustrative, you should be a medical illustrator. And I thought, that's not quite right either, right? So that's why when I went to the Exploratorium and saw the design for exhibits and learning experiences, that just completely re- resonated with me. Yeah, awesome. So what, okay, so um, what was kind of your your next steps there? 
Okay, so so I went off to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, and I got a really solid design foundation under my belt. And then I moved to Boston, and I went straight to the WGBH Educational Foundation because I'd heard all about the great work they were doing. So I worked at GBH Interactive for many years, and I started out as a senior interaction designer working with Nova for their first four years of life online. And I can tell you, creating science interactives as a companion to the Nova programs, this was the perfect combination of my science background and the UX design skills I had. Um, then I branched out to work on all sorts of programs for my last few years there. I ended up um, sort of heading up the whole interaction de design group there. So it was just a fantastic ride at GBH. And so that was designing for a large educational foundation. We were about a thousand people. So what, um, what I was missing was sort of feeling a closer connection to the end user and really seeing the learning impact our work was making. So I guess uh, part of my science brain was craving more. And so I jumped from the frying pan into the fire that is cast, where we're working on the ground doing, uh, doing that research to practice loop. Um, I work with learning scientists and ed tech professionals, and we advance theories and methods on how people learn. So that was just really uh, a nice synergy for me. Oftentimes, I'm designing a learning environment or tool that is the instrument of the research that we're doing whether it be a reading environment, um, science notebook, et cetera. Um, so being mission-driven, the question is that's first and foremost is, does it work? What are the outcomes and what is the evidence? I'm bi a big believer in the power of cross-pollination. Design thinking makes this really clear, the importance of getting a range of minds in the room to create a problem-solve, but also the cross-pollination of tools. That's part of where I started seeing this unique intersection of education and UX. I borrow heavily from the UX tools and methods and apply them to what has traditionally at CAS been design-based research methods. So it's a pretty powerful combination. In research projects at CAS, the designers are often involved in designing a learning environment or tool that is the instrument for the research. The projects are typically run by principal investigators. Um, that's sort of a point of difference from a typical product design firm. And uh, our founder, David Rose, once described CAST as academia, but nice. <laughs> and so we use a lot of design-based research processes combined with agile development processes. And that's sort of where I came in. My first major project was on a reading environment for struggling readers called Udio. And I thought, I thought, hmm, how did we arrive at the vision for this approach to busting reading barriers? And how did we arrive at this agile backlog? And right away, I saw opportunities to bring UX methods to inform both. That was the start of where edux was born i would say awesome um edux how would you define that that term i 
you know, I've heard you use it before and um, I, I'm very intrigued by it. Yeah. How would you, how would you define it? So have you seen that Harry Venn diagram describing the disciplines of user experience design? It's by Dan Saffer. It includes everything from hum- human computer interaction and visual design to information architecture. Right. Yes. So imagine that on steroids. <laughs> so it's more uh, of a field or a domain than a title or role. Um, here's how I define it. Educational user experience design operates at a number of intersections. We are educators, user experience and learning experience designers, interaction designers, instructional designers, researchers, and learning scientists. The way I think of it is basically, who would you like to have sitting at the table? That is, uh, that's the range of folks that I think need to be at the table and need to be part of this domain that is edux. Yeah, I, I like that description. So you said less than, you know, one specific person's role, but really who's sitting at the table, you know, a team of people working in in that entire realm coming together. So, you know, maybe thinking edux is is this process of team effort, you know, in, right. in these realms. Yeah. Yeah, I really I like that. That that makes a lot of sense. Can you can you dive more into the process of some of your products, um, you know, from brainstorming to launch, just what that, that process is like and, you know, how this team works together? Can you give us some examples? I think this is more of a tale of a few projects because I feel like they each exemplify an aspect that's a special fit with EduX. Um, here's where I feel the UX mindset and methods and tools make our educational work stronger. One tool I borrow from heavily is journey mapping, and that gets really well at the user's experience. So how do we deepen our empathy into an experience, right? So journey mapping is a really wonderful way to do that, to start uncovering the layers of complexity that is a learning experience. So I feel like uh, journey mapping, which was developed sort of in the service design industry, really resonates in uh, educational contexts. Another tool that has nicely resonated with design-based research processes is uh, the design sprint. So really a wonderful way at getting at discovery work, right? So design-based research looks into theory. Maybe it would help to quickly outline what the the design-based research process. So the process of design-based research is basically that you start with a theory and you design, you implement, you analyze, redesign in a series of cycles and you come out with either a new theory or evolution of a theory. With UX-based methods, you are starting by building empathy, right? So in design thinking, in the lean, lean startup techniques, all of these things, you start by being really, really curious and asking questions with sort of a beginner's mind, if you will. So you're not, you're you're questioning your assumptions. I think that's the really wonderful thing. So I can come back to our design-based research, our, yeah, our design-based research process and say, okay, there's the theory. Um, What assumptions were we making uh, going into our idea for this new project? Can we test those assumptions? 
can we uh, revisit the learner experience? Can we deepen our empathy in any way? So that's why borrowing from all of these tools has really made that research and development work stronger. The other thing I do a lot is a method called co-design. So in our work at CAST, we are honoring the learner. They're, they're up there. Uh, and the learner is often the teacher, right? And oftentimes we're learning together. So using a method of co-design, you can sit together, roll up your sleeves, and develop ideas together. We use co-design in conjunction with journey mapping and paper prototyping, and we're light on our feet in a way that allows the user, whether it be a teacher or a student, etc., to help drive the ship and point our compass in the right direction. So it, it, it involves being light art on our feet. Uh, I'm currently working to design a makerspace program, and we are working with an we're working with a housing community where the residents are really working side by side with us in how this program works, uh, what, who defines what is meaningful. It, you know, it's, it's a really nice collaboration and we're already pivoting right and left based on what we're learning. And it's just really exciting. And co-design is key to that. Great. So that, that kind of gives a good picture of, of, the the team edux effort and some methods and you know the tools that you use and your your approach um i'm kind of curious as you're describing it i'm wondering to you what differences do you see between the terms edux and lxd so learning experience design do you see them as pretty similar um or yeah what differences do you see between them and i i guess i'll add to i know for me the the podcast is kind of like my ongoing curiosity project, you know, and just trying to, to learn and understand lay of the land in a sense and what, yeah, what terms are being used, how things are being shifted around. And um, a lot of people I talk to, you know, UX has changed. If you go back just a couple years, few years. And so um, in one sense, it's, oh, this has been, you know, this is work that we've done since before it was labeled this, you know, in other senses, there's, new evolutions that are happening in recent years. So I I loved that we got to talk a little bit about this on um on LinkedIn. You know, I posted that that post of discussion and got some some really good responses there. And yeah, I was just wondering your your reflections on that. This has kind of like been the the curious thing in my mind is what what is LXD? And then as I'm discovering what it is, um, and then coming across your term too are there differences between edux and lxd? Honestly, I think it really varies on who you ask. I'm not willing to put a stake in the ground yet in saying that they are actually different. I don't see a big difference between the two terms edux and lxd. I think it's a matter of who you ask. It's a matter of the particular organization uh, size and uh, an approach. If anything, edux may be a bit broader. In my uh, Harry Venn diagram, I think there are a few kind of different layers. So there is user experience design, which in my mind has sort of three main areas. 
UX research and strategy, UX and interaction design, and then the whole visual design and user interface design. If you take one step broader and bring in the instructional design component, then I feel like you have learning experience design. If you take, and sometimes curriculum design, you know, with content writers and whatnot, if you take one step further back and bring in the learning sciences, I think then you have edux, right? And yes, learning experience design incorporates Intel from the learning sciences. It's based on the learning sciences, right? Good design is. Maybe the difference is that in an eduxer could be somebody that is a learning scientist. And they are at CAST. I mean, we really are coming together to rally around this intersection. And that's really wonderful. So I guess the difference for me is it's a little broader. And quite honestly, when we started out and I was creating a meetup group um, and creating a LinkedIn group, Learning experience design was a term that was trademarked in the U.S., and apparently it isn't anymore. <laughs> um, also, I really like the clarity of edux. You know, you can kind of determine what that is uh, immediately versus LXD, which is a little bit uh, more obscure for the outsider. But anyway, I love the term edux, so it's kind of stuck. Got it. Yeah, I, I I really like that. It it seems like it they are you know pretty similar in terms of how you describe them, and and it also makes sense kind of given you know the history back when you were getting started with this work and trying to come up with you know the right term and why mm-hmm. you chose that. So yeah, that totally kind of lines up and and makes sense there. And I I do like how you're referring to it as this this domain and this team effort. And I think that that's something that I've been really fascinated by in terms of just even naming this podcast, you know, thinking about ed tech um, and thinking about it from the design perspective. But originally I thought about it from a teacher's perspective. And like you said, just bringing all the different people together, sitting at the table to to come up with the the best experience and being able to um, process and work through that together. Yeah, totally makes sense. And edux, I think is a real handy domain name or team effort, team effort name. So yeah, I really like that. Um, where do you see this domain of edux heading in the future? As more people come on board working together at this intersection, I see us all working smarter, learning and borrowing from each other and evolving more rapidly. Our research techniques and learning analytics are getting better, and we're getting more solid on evidence-based design. It's just all going to make the work stronger, right, um, and the solutions stronger. Um, I'm thinking about, at, at CAST in particular, I'm thinking about what a learning lab might look like and some hybrid of a design studio, an incubator, and a research lab, um, something at the intersection, right? There's a lot of work, amazing work going on at CAST and more and more out there in the edux world. And I feel like we need to connect what we're doing, collaborate, mentor each other, make these connections. Um, It can be this something that's both inward facing, helping our teams evolve and also outward facing and helping others to do so. At CAST, we're punching far above our weight. We're gaining competencies, all starting to talk the talk and walk the edux walk. 
but still somehow we're siloed in, in our work and our projects. We need to create a space or a program and systems where we're sharing our knowledge in a systematic, useful way. I'd like to move closer towards bridging the research to practice loop with edux practices so that we're all working smarter, asking the right questions to get more powerful, effective solutions with the funds we have available. So we are a nonprofit and we're always promising far more for less. I'd like to work towards bringing edux and learning design more in line with inclusive practices whether in the digital, the physical, or the blended realm, in informal or formal learning spaces, in the classroom, in the makerspace for kids and lifelong learners. We feel like the, this intersection of edux is the place to make all that happen. Cool. Well, it's it's definitely been interesting to to talk through this and to think about what the future is. Um, if people want to connect with you and follow your work, um, how can they do that? Sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, and my handle is Kim Ducharme, all one word, and on LinkedIn at slash Kim Ducharme, also all one word. You can visit us at cast.org, and you can see the UDL guidelines at udlguidelines.cast.org. And I also do, do a bit of writing on uh, my blog, which is educationalux.com. Thanks for having me. And can I go on record to say that I am so impressed and inspired by your learning journey and how you're sharing it and how you're bringing our community together. It's just really inspiring. So kudos to that. Thank you. Thank you. So I will put links to, to some of that in the description. So for the listeners, you can reach out to Kim in those ways. Also, if you have any perspective stories that you want to share with me feel free to reach out on twitter instagram at ux underscore edtech or on linkedin as alicia kwan this is the ux of edtech podcast an exploration of user experience in the education technology space i look forward to learning with you next time <laughs>